0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Baby Steps, the first steps to understanding the paradox of parenting and development and education and literally everything to do with children and according to most normal constitutions, children constitute people below the age of 18 and I'm an enthusiast of all things kids, that's why I do what I do, so welcome. So today's episode is all about anxiety, how it manifests in our children and our adolescents or our teens. And because when parents are healthy, children are healthy. So I will start by asking you as my listener, what are you currently anxious about? What is giving you restless days and sleepless nights? I'm actually serious. And my plea is that you please, please, please find someone you can talk about it with. Because no man is an island. That is why in the beginning, God had a look at Adam and knew that it was not good for man to be alone. So, don't struggle alone. Your children need a healthy you. But since we're here for the kids, drum rolls! It is time for another Did You Know Fact. This Did You Know Fact actually gave me some significant levels of anxiety because I was like, wow, really? Why? How? What changed? And the digital fact for today is that did you know that the average high school child today has the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the early nineteen fifties, and when I say psychiatric, it is not just normal person going for therapy talk therapy. this is admitted into a mental hospital kind of anxiety. Yes, because anxiety at a certain degree becomes a disorder and it disables or makes somebody unable to function properly. And the average kid today is going to that same level of anxiety. So what has changed? Is it social media? Is it pressure to be a certain kind of way, look a certain kind of way, dress a certain way, go to certain places, you know, have certain vacations? Is it pressure to be like somebody else? I, I really don't know what's changed. Okay, maybe I do somehow, but a lot has changed. A lot has changed and it's not a one-size-fits-all, and it's up to us to, as a parents with our individual children to find out what exactly has changed. Could your child be experiencing some level of anxiety that is a bit detrimental to their health? As grown-ups, we can usually easily tell when we're anxious. Our brains can clock when it clicks in, and we usually can clearly identify what is causing my anxiety. Why and how can I deal with it? But what about our children? Hmm? with limited vocabulary to express what they're feeling and why, and all they can feel is an aching stomach whose pain just won't go away. And for older kids like teens, maybe they never grew in an environment where it was safe to express themselves, so they learn to suffer in silence, especially the boy child. Oh, may God help us not lose him any further. But when a child is unable to express whatever is disturbing them emotionally or whatever they're feeling, it will always manifest as a somatic symptom, which means a physical symptom that is going to occur because they cannot use the words or they don't know how to express it or whether it's going to be okay to express it, which is why the topic is my stomach hurts. So there's a study that was done by a medical doctor and a researcher, John Campbell, and he found that nearly one in every four children and adolescents experience chronic stomach aches which is linked to anxiety or depression and that is usually gets worse as they grow older especially in girls and this might be due to societal pressures, I say to look and behave a certain way and the desire to fit in and popularity but boys are not being left out anymore so like after all medical examinations by medical doctor And there's no underlying medical condition that can explain why the stomach won't stop hurting because we have to make sure, by the way, first that it is not a sickness that needs to be dealt with. Then it can be established that the child or teen is experiencing anxiety or depression. The thing about these stomachs is, is that they start mild and they can run for days, maybe even weeks. And then they usually get chronic with extreme pain, indicating that whatever is bothering them is beginning to overwhelm them. When Dr. Campo studied the medical records of 80 children and adolescents who were presented in hospital with some kind of physical ailment, he found that 81% of those with chronic stomach aches had anxiety, and 40% of those also had depression on top of the anxiety. And get this, a good number of them were actually 12 years and below. And these anxieties were the social phobias, that means they fear interacting with others and possibly embarrassing themselves, usually it's the embarrassment that they fear, Then the separation anxiety resulting from being away from their primary caregiver. And then there's now just the generalized anxiety. So if your child has been complaining about stomach aches, or you know somebody's kid who's been complaining, or the parent has told you, my kid is always talking about stomach aches. And it's sometimes followed by maybe constipation or diarrhea, nausea or vomiting. Most likely the antacid you're giving them is not going to solve the problem. Neither with the natural remedies or the prayers. But finding out what they're experiencing and helping them navigate through them. You can also begin to notice when these symptoms occur. Is it before school or a family event? Is it when somebody's coming home, a specific person? Could it be a game they have to play? Like take note when they seem to begin and check if there's a pattern. It might help you in identifying the trigger so that you know what to talk to them about. The truth is that for some it will be very easy to identify when the child is anxious and sometimes it would take a bit more keen observation because stomach aches is just one possible symptom they could also complain of headaches or chest pains they may mention how they feel dizzy yes during certain events or before whatever it is they'll complain of rapid heartbeats you know i don't know mom i don't know why my my heart is beating so quickly sometimes you see them trembling when they have to do something or go somewhere some have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep and if they do They sometimes complain of nightmares. In school, you find that they struggle concentrating or are very fidgety and disruptive. They're very self-critical or seeking too much approval, self-critical of themselves. Like they never seem to see good in what they do or who they are. Or sometimes now they're seeking too much approval from you. I mean, a day or hours cannot go without them asking you to give them approval. Others develop poor eating habits. They may eat too much or eat too little. For little ones, in the case of separation anxiety, they tend to be very clingy and cry excessively when they're left by the parent, and they find it hard to manage emotions appropriately. And many, especially the older ones, become socially withdrawn. You see that your child or teenagers begun to lose interest in activities they used to love and enjoy. Sometimes you'll find them easily agitated or angered over very trivial things. This also happens a lot among teenagers. Sometimes they're not being rude or disrespectful. They're probably just going through a whirlwind of stress and anxiety and do not have the skills to better express themselves. So if you notice some of these symptoms occurring repeatedly on most days they're not, especially over a span of a month, it seems like out of one week, it's five days or four days, these symptoms seem to be just repeating themselves. Please take your child or teenager to see a doctor to run tests and if nothing is found or treatment is not working, Take them to a counselor for evaluation and treatment. They need help. So you're probably wondering, what could cause anxiety and depression in kids or teenagers when they haven't even known the hassle of paying bills or managing people who depend on them to survive and juggling everything in life? Well, I definitely do not have an exhaustive list. But starting a new school or continuing to go back to school could be a reason. It could be exams, pressure to perform. It could be a competition they need to participate in. Or there's this tension at home and no one is addressing it. It could be a variety of reasons. And usually you should be able to tell them based on your child. So what can we do to help our kids when we are sure it's not a medical issue? Well, anxiety, first of all, is normal. And to some degree, it's very healthy because it helps the mind with problem solving. So the goal here is not to eliminate the anxiety Yes, unless it's ridiculous, like they there's very many disorders by the way, some even have um what's this thing called? It's something about the body image. they see themselves as the most hideous thing, and even if they are beautiful, that's a serious issue. But the thing is not to eliminate normal anxiety, worrying about school or exams or whatever it is, but it's to help them deal with it because you will not forever be there to help them navigate through it, and then what happens? they will not be able to handle it. They'll feel life is overwhelming and that is not healthy and it can have dire consequences, which I know I don't have to deal with or mention right now. So it's teaching them anxiety is okay to a certain degree and teaching them how to deal with it. So tell them it's okay to feel anxious and it's very normal, but too much of it, as with everything, is dangerous. But the first thing, as a parent or a caregiver, please be friendly with them because that's when it makes it easy for them to open up. And then seek to ask them what the issue might be. Let them know that you've noticed X, Y, Z in them or they've changed in an ABC kind of way and you're concerned and you'd like to help them out. Reassure them that you will always be there to support them and if they need extra help, you're willing to take them to a counselor who will help them navigate through their worries so it stops hurting them. Teach them how to practice mindfulness, living in the moment and being present to how and what they are. This actually works for all ages, including us as adults. Find a place to lie down, Tell them to focus either on their breathing alone or their heartbeat, listening to every sound it makes. You can even count them. It helps to tune out of anxious thoughts. You can also try an exercise routine. Exercise helps release feel-good hormones that alleviate our moods. So find an exercise routine that works for you and your kids or your child or whoever is going through that anxiety and practice it. And counseling... Especially for phobias, like if your child is feeling anxious to socialize, we use a technique called graded exposure, which means slowly exposing somebody to what they fear. So if they fear socializing, they can start with a phone call to one person for a short conversation, and it's done. The next thing, they move on to a video call, then hang out with one friend, then two, and it continues. I hope you get the drift. It's also important that we keep reassuring them that it's not as bad as it seems. You know, when you're going through a certain kind of thing, even if people tell you it's not that bad, minimizing it is very detrimental because you feel like nobody's actually taking you seriously or they don't understand you. So it's not minimizing and telling them stop being childish. Life has to be. It's just telling them it's actually not as bad as it is. How can you navigate through it? What Help them learn how to overcome. Tell them that they need to overcome it in order to survive well in life. And, for example, if they express negative beliefs about themselves and their abilities, you know, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, whatever it is, I'll never get this thing right, you know, teach them to dispute those thoughts first by providing evidence that make them say those negative things about themselves. And then provide evidence that proves that they're actually awesome, which will outweigh the negatives. And they can even challenge themselves to ask friends, what they think about their abilities, and they will most likely get positive reports and realize that it actually is all in their head. It's not that bad. Let them learn to dispute. They think I'm dumb. Let them find things that make them believe and act smart, things that they actually do that are really smart, that show how amazing they are. Let them focus on them. Teach them to focus on the good things and learn to deal with the bad things. If it's something they're doing that they can change, for example, if they feel like they're excessively fat and... Maybe their average weight should be, let's say, 70 and they're like 100. You teach them, let's exercise, let's change our diet, whatever they can do to make it better. But if they're like 50 kgs and they feel their fat, that's, that's a problem. That is a problem and it needs proper counseling help. Anxiety and depression can be very paralyzing. It makes us live mediocre lives constantly in fear or regret or anger or blaming either ourselves or others. And we wind up never experiencing the joy of being human, simply being human the smartest ones of the animal kingdom, created in the image and the likeness of a creator who is beauty and splendor and wants the best for his people. We need to learn to experience that. We need to help our kids experience that because if they, if we keep ignoring these symptoms of anxiety or depression in the kids, it's going to get worse. And then they develop what we call schizophrenia. I think I've mentioned it's just a fancy word for, in psychology that was replacing the word mad so that you don't call people mad like you're a madman. Exactly. It's schizophrenia. So the thing is, it gets worse. It's only going to get worse if you don't have kids to develop other conditions, bipolarism and all these many other diseases that keep coming up. Let's help them deal with these things early. Also find out if the anxiety is because of something or someone really harmful, like a bully, which actually covered the topic in the episode, Make It Stop, which you can check out. Sometimes it could be an abuser, sexually, mentally. Find out what could the problem be. Could your child be anxious about school because they're either being harassed by a peer or teachers? You need to find out what is causing the anxiety or depression. And sometimes they're just not ready for whatever it is, whether it's school or parties. If a child is two or three or four and they're crying and anxious to go to school, they don't have to. They really, really don't have to. My small sister would say emergency must. Like, it's not a must. It's not essential. Let them stay home until they're ready. Anxiety can also be genetic. I think I should not leave this out. So take time to find out if you or your partner has or has ever had anxiety because it could be why your child is like that. And when it becomes worrying, please take them to see on a counselor who will help them with your help because the parent has to be involved to improve their symptoms so it doesn't paralyze their lives because it is said if symptoms persist, Exactly. Seek medical advice. And that wraps up today's episode. If you see that these symptoms in your child are becoming persistent and they're worrying you, please don't prolong it until it's too late and end up developing secondary conditions. Seek help and let us heal the world one child at a time. If you know anyone who has a child 0 or 18 years, I believe listening to this will help them be more alert to their children. So please share this episode with them. And if you'd like to reach out to me for anything related to children, Just drop an email at babystepsbyd at gmail.com. D is D double E. I wish you and your family and all your loved ones an anxiety-free rest of the year. Bye.